0: Hello, I'm really glad you're with us today. We all have a desire to be significant. We want to be respected and honored. And at its best, this desire motivates us to do right and help people as we aim to develop a good reputation. But this desire gets warped by sin that entered our world due to the rebellion of our very first grandparents, the first man and woman who lived on the earth, and I talk about this in the first message, but the result of their rebellion is that we have a native arrogance that's embedded in our hearts. Ecclesiastes 9.3 talks about this. It says, this is an evil, and all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to the dead. The word madness in this passage translates a word in Hebrew that is halela, is the way we transliterate it into English. And it means self-praise. It's sort of like hallelujah, but... Yah is a reference to God in in the Hebrew language. Um, that that ending to the word. This is madness because God Himself works against arrogance. He comes against pride, and you see this in Scripture over and over and over again. This native arrogance twists the good desire to be significant and valued by others. So it causes us to climb over others to get on top of the dog pile. Have you ever played Dog Pile? It's a game that boys like to play, and almost every time it's played, somebody gets hurt. Family members can play Emotional Dog Pile, by trying to get attention the wrong way, by trying to be more significant than everybody else. So at our worst, we hurt others to claw our way into the spotlight. In families, there's, there are some times where the, we create roles that are designed to get noticed, to get us noticed, or make us more significant than everybody else in the family. Have you ever played the game Clue? In this game, you're given a character to play, and being the character makes it a fun game, imagining yourself as that character anyway. In some family dynamics, you're forced to play a certain role to gain acceptance or to be valued, and that's not so fun. That is dismal. We have a legitimate role to play in family life and we need to take our place and serve the good of the whole family as we play our role. However, in a dysfunctional family, members take on roles that maintain the norm of relating and this role this dysfunctional role blocks the free flow of love and acceptance. And, and what, what a bummer that is. So it's clear in scripture that God wants you to play your role and to play it well. In every area of life, we have a role to play. And the more we understand that, and the more we play our role well we thrive you have a part to play in the church body which is designed to be a model for how families should relate to one another church is a place where we learn to relate to one another in a godly way and then we transfer it to family life and Live the same way. The picture of church in Scripture is that of a body that's interconnected, not independent or over dependent, but interdependent. The ideal for families is the same not to be completely independent or separated or over dependent on one another, but interdependent. This is The goal for families, a parent's assignment is to help their kids grow up to be fully functioning adults. And a big part of the growing up process is understanding how God made us, the strengths and weaknesses that he has wired into us, and the possibilities along with the limitations. So this is important. This is an important part of growing up is our kids are learning their strengths and their limitations. It's important to help them grow in their understanding of that. So with that in mind, I want to take the time to walk through Romans 12, 3 through 10. This is a passage that uh, talks about, Relationships in the body of Christ, therefore, they translate into or transfer over into families. And so, it's God's ideal way of relating in the church body and in families by extension. Romans 12, 3-10 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment So, in this passage, we see the ideal characteristics of a fully functioning family. It's talking about the church, but, of course, they transfer straight across to the family because both of them are a body. They're both systems. No family is perfect, but thankfully, God is gracious, and he wants to help us move toward his ideal. The more we move toward that ideal, the more we experience the joy he intends for us to experience in, in church in, in, church life and in family life. You see the key characteristics of a church that help the church accomplish its purpose, and they're the same for families. One of the key illustrations to describe the nature of the church is that of a body. In a body, the different parts work together, like our hands that help us do stuff, and our feet that help us move from one place to another. Our immediate family is like a body. It's a system. So the ideal characteristics of a fully functioning church family transfer directly into our family, as I've said. We should learn in the church family and relate in the same way in our immediate family life. The first characteristic of the ideal uh, functioning of a church family or family is that each member refuses to think of themselves more highly than they should. No one person is the in the family. Is more important than the whole. That's the way you should approach it in any group of people, um, in in church, at work, in families. No one person is above or more important than the purpose that that group, that body of people, is trying to accomplish. So no one member should elevate themselves above anyone else. We're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. One definition of humility that I've heard and that I like is knowing your place and taking it. We choose humility and recognize that the good of the whole family is more important than myself. Each one of us has been gifted by God with strengths and weaknesses. And the passage tells us to think with sober judgment about these. In other words, we realize that we can't do everything. We can't do it all because we're aware of our weaknesses and limitations. So we need to learn sober judgment. We need to be self-aware and understand Uh, our strengths and limitations and teach our kids to learn theirs as well. This leads us to the next insight. Everyone knows they have a unique contribution to make. It's important for the whole family to play their part. And as parents we should help our kids understand that they not only need to do their chores but also understand that they have a unique contribution to make to the good of the whole family. The passage says that the members do not all have the same function. Each member of the family has a role to play, fathers, mothers, children. Families thrive as each member of the family plays their role well. Parents are to raise their kids in the training and instruction of the Lord. Kids are to obey their parents and to cooperate. And when we expect our kids to obey and follow through to make sure they obey, it is good for them and it sets them up for a blessed life. As kids are doing their chores, their strengths are going to come to the surface. And we can help them better understand themselves by commending their strength. The next insight is that we need to live with the perspective that we are all members of one another. It's vital for your kids to understand that we are all connected. Of course, this is talking about the church, but families are a body, too, as I've said. We're a system in church and in families. Families have a normal way of relating a temperature they maintain that is experienced as each member of the family lives in family life. All members of the family need to realize they are connected to one another, and if all flourish and do well, they will flourish and do well. Each member does well as the whole family flourishes. Our own welfare is tied to the good of the whole family. And so we, we in humility choose to submit. To what's good for the whole family. Here's another insight. We should use our gifts and strength for the good of the whole family. Verse 6 in this passage says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Godly, healthy family members recognize that it's not all about me, but the good of the whole family is what's most important as I'm relating to the family. Just like in a church body, family members should use their strengths to serve the good of the whole family. In a dysfunctional family, it's every person for yourself, and that's not good. We we commit here at Church in the Valley, I've been mentioning the hard attitudes that apply to these different um, uh, aspects of family life that we're talking about. We, we commit to certain relational values as we, uh, you know, commit to formal membership in church life. We call them hard attitudes. Hard attitude number five speaks to what we're talking about here. We commit to participate in the ministry of the church. This is where growth comes from. By using your gifts to serve in the church family. And as you use your strengths, your gifts that God has given you to serve the family good that's how we grow and that's our assignment as parents is to help our kids grow. Final insight from this passage is the foundation of a fully functioning family is love, devotion, and honor. I mentioned the first week this series that God's Oh agape love, that's the word in Greek, translated, literated, that it, it, it was originally, the New Testament was originally written in. God's agape love should set the temperature in our home. This is the word you find here when it says, let love be genuine. It's the love of God that sets the right kind of temperature in the home. And we need to draw on God. We need to depend on God and rely on him to help us live it. Because it's a love that does what's best for someone regardless of feelings, (laughs) regardless of how you feel. And we need to train our kids to do that. We need to do it. And we need to train our kids to do that as they watch us live out that kind of love. It should be genuine, the passage says, and without pretense. We need God's help for that. We're also commanded to love one another with brotherly love. And the word translated here for love is not agape, but it's a family love. That implies devotion it's philia, like Philadelphia, um, the city of brotherly love that's it's the family kind of love that implies that we 're devoted to one another. The passage continues by showing us a competition, the only competition that is justified in family life, and that 's to outdo one another in showing honor this builds a foundation for kids to grow up and become strong, godly, and healthy adults. But in our fallen world, as the Bible explains, our native bent is not going to be to set up family systems with these characteristics. Because of the decision of the first man and woman that I mentioned at the beginning of the, the message, because they decided to rebel and try to live life independent of God, our relationships in the family are messed up. And because we have approved of their decision to rebel, and we ourselves have rebelled against God. And so there is a strong pull toward dysfunction. I've asked Nathan Lewis to help us understand dysfunctional roles in family life. Nathan is a longtime member of our congregation. He is the director of the graduate program for counseling ministry at California Baptist University. And he has a great deal of experience in counseling families and helping them work through their problems. Nathan's going to help us understand the roles that family members sometimes assume when there is dysfunction. Nathan, I really appreciate your help in this series. Uh, it's been, been very insightful. Uh, first question, can you explain the different roles that family members take on when there is dysfunction?
1: Yeah, those these are roles um, that are either assigned or, or they take them on mm-hmm. to... And their purpose is to maintain the unhealthy uh, norm or the homeostasis. We've talked about that for a couple of weeks in the dysfunctional family dance. And it, it actually becomes the individual member's identity in the family. And it gives them a false sense of, of significance. And they either play these roles uh, gladly and willingly or begrudgingly, depending on what they are. But there's a lot of different roles. But, there's some common roles. One of them is the the family hero. <laughs> this yeah, is the responsible one, the rule follower, the good kid, if you will. <laughs> and um, they often assume responsibility for things they're not responsible for. Hmm. Uh, that's that's what they do outwardly. Inwardly, they may feel guilty. They may even be hurt and have a sense of inadequacy. And they, another family role is kind of, is almost the opposite of mm-hmm. the family hero. And that's the scapegoat. This is the, this is the kid that acts out.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: might even be a parent that acts out. Uh, they're, they're the rule breaker. And the yeah. family heroes will yeah. follow. rule follower. They're the rule breaker. Sometimes hostile, defiant. Um, and they also, a lot of times, they might be the ones who actually recognize the dysfunction in the family. Uh, yeah. And that's what they're reacting that to makes against. That but they they end up becoming the focus of the family's dysfunction and, mm-hmm. and rage uh, because they're the ones that will break the homeostasis. Yeah, and quite often they feel angry, jealous, hurt, mm-hmm. rejected. Uh, then another one is the lost child. This one I identify with. This mm-hmm. is the one. This is the the one who's quiet can be lost in fantasy. They're they're the loner. Um, uh, and if they're introverted like me, even more so, um, they tend to attach themselves to places and things in the house rather than people. Mm-hmm. And they they're kind of aloof. Um, but they can also feel rejected, uh hurt, have a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another one is the Kind of the opposite of the lo- the lost child and that 's the mascot. this is the fun one the clown <laughs> the they tend to be immature, very fragile cute hyper hyperactive distracting, <laughs> and they can feel uh, fear anxiety insecurity and then there is the the placator this is the people pleasing caretaker they oh, wow. Try to ease and prevent any trouble that's in the family. Uh, or they're compassionate, but to a fault. Um, they may end up denying their own needs, and they tend to feel anxious and hyper-vigilant about everything mm-hmm. that is insensitive, about everything that's going on in the family. They're the peacemakers, and they'll gotcha. you know, peace at it all at all costs.
0: Huh. Well, you might want to pick your go-to if you have one i i picked mine <laughs> but that's that's very helpful nathan i really appreciate that what kind of damage is done when a person takes on one of these roles to the family and then to the person themselves
1: well in in the family it the, all of these roles are part of the family dance and uh, the dysfunctional pattern, so it maintains the the ungodly norm uh, it keeps keeps them fulfilling the roles that God has assigned. Uh, they may not be aware of that or care about it. it yeah. keeps them from really honestly examining the ungodly relating that is going on, and it often becomes a justification for mistreating each other as they as they begin to um, Exaggerate those roles in the family to feel more significant. It creates a whole lot more conflict that is just not resolved over time. Hmm. So it just basically what it does is it 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 makes the the ungodly patterns worse. Yeah. And with the individual family members, their identity becomes tied to that role. So they will likely carry it into the next family that they are part of, or yeah. to any other yeah. relational context like work. Yeah. And they'll kind of take on that role. Or there's also the possibility that they're going to reject that role completely mm-hmm. because they don't want to be like their family, but they yeah. do it to the other extreme. So if they're the placator, they become the family hero. Uh-huh. But it's, it, so they're reacting against that.
0: Yeah. Okay that that makes perfect sense. I, God God really wants to help us grow away from these things. So how how does a family grow away from these roles and become more fully functional?
1: Well, the first thing you have to do is recognize what's going on. And that often occurs when there's a when there's a crisis. So crisis is is a major conflict where they they can't um Resolve it themselves. And so they they ask for help, which is a good thing or help is forced on them and That's an opportunity for them to be honest. Mm-hmm. The problem is there's a short window there. Yeah, because once the crisis is gone They're they'll go they'll go back to the way they were But they need to be honest with themselves about what's really going on mm-hmm. and then each member um needs to identify their role in that family dance and take responsibility for mm-hmm. that. And then have an understanding of what the 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 roles that God has assigned. Mm-hmm. Understand what that is and, and the kind of relating that God wants them to do in the family. And then they just they're gonna need help. It's really, really difficult for families to change on their own. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, which is really, you know, what what church is all about, and community is helping each other do that. But it's it. So I'm not talking about necessarily professional help, but they just need to begin to open themselves up to seeing um, godly relating in other families and uh, just you know anybody that can help them begin to make the changes they need to make. Well, th- this is
0: very helpful, very insightful, and I really appreciate you mm-hmm. taking the time to share your wisdom with us.
1: Uh, glad to do it. All right. you. Thank you.
0: So if you're playing the game of Clue, you take on a character and it makes it fun. But in families, playing a role and not being accepted for who you are stunts your growth. And the goal of family life is to create an atmosphere where people thrive, they grow, and they become more the person that God has made them to be. God wants us all to play our role well in whatever arena we're in. Families have a unique opportunity to help kids discover their strengths and gifts as we train them to play their role in family life. So as I wrap up, I want to encourage you to take some next steps of obedience in response to reading and hearing God's word today. Here are the next steps I would like to suggest. Maybe God has said something else to you and you want to follow through on that. But here are my suggestions. My next step today is to grow in understanding of my God-given role in the family. A second step, encourage someone in their gifts and strengths by commending them. Maybe someone in your family, someone in church life, someone at work. They'll be shocked that you encourage them, possibly, if that's not the normal atmosphere. Uh, Encourage a friend. I want to point you to the extra handout. You can download it as you're listening online. Put that on the fridge. Magnet, put it on the fridge. It, it has sermon reminders, a family challenge, and some family fun. And we hope this extra handout encourages you to put the message into practice, which is where the blessing is found. Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you. We thank you so much for your goodness and kindness to us. I praise you, Lord God, that you are so gracious. And none of our families are ideal, but you help us through your love and grace and mercy. You help us move toward the ideal. And as we move toward your ideal for us, we experience more of what you meant for life to be, the joy that we can have in it. And so I pray that you would give us the strength to take the steps you've laid on our heart to take today. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen.